You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Tech Fan Podcast number 419. I am David. No, I'm not David Cohen. You're David Cohen. <laughs> I'm Tim Robertson. I'm David Cohen. Yeah. Are you sure? Don't I'm not steal sure. my identity, man. You know, you know, identity theft is pretty uh, pretty rampant from what I understand. I've never had it happen to me. No. Um, but that being said, uh, I had a customer this week who it had happened to, and she got notified as she was sitting in front of me. <sighs> Did that screw up her finance? No, not really. It was one credit card, and right. it was a local credit union. Then she called them immediately. And, of course, I can only hear half of the conversation hers. But basically, it was a debit card linked to her checking account. Oh, that's not good. No. <laughs> and so she uh, basically they, they said they were going to put a freeze on that debit card. Yeah. And then they said they couldn't because it was a Visa card. And they're just going to reject all purchases. But she would have to call Visa to actually get that card canceled. Well, that's ridiculous. That's well, it's not true. Just whoever she was talking yeah. to on the phone just didn't want to work, I guess. Yeah. And I, I finally said to her, I, I motioned to her, like, you know, tell that person, hold on a second. And uh, she did. And I said, tell that person you're sitting next to someone who used to do collections. And uh-huh. they said they could absolutely cancel the card from their end. And if there's not any way that the person she's talking to can do so, that you want to talk to her supervisor immediately. Yeah. Oh, amazingly, she could do it. Oh, shocker. Yeah. It's it's because all that happens like, is you're going to ring. V- she's going to ring Visa. Visa going to say, "Oh yeah, we can't do that. You need to speak to your provider." Exactly. Because Visa is just the back end. Exactly. They are. It's all fronted by the provider. Exactly. Nobody nobody yeah. gets a card from Visa. Yeah. Visa is just the back end, like you said. Yeah. You know, and it, the Visa is issued by a bank or you know a credit union or something. Best Buy, you know, they have their own credit card, but it's not really a Best Buy credit card. They're working through another merchant who's working through Visa or MasterCard. um, So I hate laziness like that and and apathy to to help someone in need right then. Uh, Well, especially when it's when it's somebody, you know, when you're when you're it's a service that, you know, is going to be a massive pain in the neck for that customer because. Dealing with all of that, I mean, I I, str- I struggle to deal with the day-to-day administration of running my life as it is. I, I hate doing it. I procrastinate over doing it. I'm really bad at responding to people and everything. I, I really have to force myself to do it immediately when I get the letter or get the email or something, because otherwise I know I'll put it off and put it off. The, the problem with identity theft is you have so much paperwork then to do, because you basically have to cancel a whole load of stuff and then, then renew it all and prove who you are loads and loads of times again it's it's a pest what i couldn't understand is why this lady would call and say are you in malaysia no well we just got a 500 hundred dollar charge from uh, your account and a physical swipe they said in malaysia no that's not me okay well this is obviously fraudulent blah 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 and then oh i can't do anything about it what Weird. I don't know. Let's move on. Um, we did get some feedback from our last episode two weeks ago. We are not trying to fall into a two-week, uh, every-other-week type of schedule. It just has happened. I was, sick. I was sick last week. Well, and plus the holidays are coming up, and yeah. you know it just it puts everything into a tizzy. Speaking of the holidays, we're going to get to that in a minute. I'm, 
I've got a little bit of a bone to pick with Amazon. Um, mm-hmm. But let's go ahead and jump into our feedback. We got one from Michael Breed. Now, this is about yeah. you were kind of a believer uh, in a screen protector, and I'm really not. And yeah. Michael Breed weighed in with a great, um, lengthy uh, piece of feedback for us. Yeah, sure. So he goes, hey, I got thinking about your conversation about screen protectors on last week's Tech Fan podcast. I begrudgingly use a case and screen protector on my iPhone, mainly because I'm enrolled in the Apple upgrade program and may wish to trade it in at some point in the future. I currently use the Apple clear plastic case on my iPhone 11 Pro Max because I want the midnight green color to show through, but it's still too thick for my tastes. I highly recommend the cases Apple sells and installs in their stores, however. Belkin makes a glass screen protector specifically for Apple stores. They are, however, a bit on the pricey side. At $39.99, some folks may balk at purchasing one. My experience with them, with, with them for, however, has shown them to be worth the cost. So, yeah, just me interjecting here. $40 for a glass screen protector is probably... That's what, definitely on the high side. Yeah, it's about three times what you would pay kind of you know there's loads of places in the mall that will do them for you and fit them straight away and they're normally about 15 20 bucks if you go onto amazon or to ebay to buy one you can normally pick one up for ten dollars or less depending on who you buy from and what the quality is but then you're stuck with installing it yourself yep so he he goes on when you ask for the screen protector to be installed now bearing in mind these are sold in the in the apple store this isn't something you can have done obviously at home yeah The Apple sales representative gets out a proprietary device that they use to install the screen protector. Another associate brings out the protector in a special sleeve. They then use a one-time use tack cloth with an adhesive on it to clean your iPhone screen. They spend several minutes making sure it's clean too. Next, the phone goes into the device, the screen protector, sleeve and all, goes in next, and the associate pulls on a bright green tab to remove the screen protector's protective film. The device is opened and the protector is on your phone in perfect alignment with no bubbles. They then take time to use a special microfiber cloth to work around the edge of the glass protector to make sure it's perfectly in place and won't lift up on you. If it's not absolutely perfect to your satisfaction, they get out a brand new protector and do it all over again until you're happy with the results. Now, you have to ask yourself, is all this worth it? In my opinion, yes. First of all, it's guaranteed for life. Secondly, it saved my phone once already. My three-year-old granddaughter dropped my iPhone onto my gravel driveway last year. I know, don't hand your expensive iPhone to a baby, but I did. We all do. The phone, yeah, the phone landed face down and the screen looked cracked and ruined. Fortunately, it was just the screen set that was cracked. I called Belkin. They sent me a replacement immediately. I then took it to the Apple Store for installation. It works great. It's a neat process to watch, and the results are unarguably to anyone's satisfaction. And then he's got a link here, which we'll put in the show notes to a, a video, YouTube video, showing them do it. So, yeah, that's, that's really I had no idea they did that for you. No, neither did I. Um, that makes me a little bit inclined to agree with Michael here and say, if it's that level of installation on the device, they do it right in front of you. And if they screw up, they'll do another one. And there's no charge to you, of course, um, that I might be more inclined to do. Because, wait, yeah, I have seen screen glass screen protectors in the past. The problem with the latest iPhones, because they have curved edges, the screen protector never goes right to the edge. Right. Um, so you do have a lip, and if it's not installed well or it's not a great screen protector, it can start to lift, which kind of ruins the whole thing. Um, so if they're guaranteeing that doesn't happen, that is probably worth the money. If that's if that's how you want to roll with your with your iPhone, um, I'm... I'm 
I'm, I'm really, I, I like to have a case on mine, but I'm, I've never been a fan of the screen protectors, to be honest, particularly with the curved ones. I think I used to, I've had one on a, I had one on an iPhone 5S before, and that was pretty good because it went right to the edge. Yeah. But, um, I'm, I'm kind of less enthusiastic about the, um, the, the ones for the curved iPhones because of that, that kind of, you know, you can see you've got something jammed on the top there. But having said that, I think if I was doing one, I would do it this way. And a glass screen protector is, in my opinion, a much superior product than a oh, yeah. plastic one. The, it's, it, the ones that I was mostly talking about are these plastic screen protectors that I've seen on way too many phones, and they look horrible. I mean, there's always bubbles. You could, and they feel terrible too. They leave all kinds of of harder to remove uh, oils from your fingers than the glass does. Because glass is super easy to clean, the plastic is not yeah. as easy to clean. Yeah, and the other thing as well is because it's plastic, it's soft, it scratches easily. So you end up with a phone that looks like it's scratched, even when it's not, because the screen protector scratches as soon as anything touches it. Yeah, I'm I'm watching the video right now in this. Uh, lady at the apple store is just wrapping it up and i gotta say it's it's kind of a neat process i don't like the belkin case itself um but i wouldn't mind that screen protector if i had a brand new phone to uh, and that kind of goes against um what i said on the last one but it looks like a really easy way to get it installed and it looks perfect so that i wouldn't mind as long as the the tactile sensation on the screen is as close to a naked screen as possible. That's what I'm used to. I'm used to tapping and swiping and touching the glass screen. Um, so now it looks like that that device they're using is Belkin branded. Yes. So I wonder why you can't buy those. <laughs> you know, you would imagine there would be a market for those, certainly for people who are selling screen protectors, to actually do it that way. But maybe it's a proprietary deal that Apple's signed up with. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I've never gone to one of those cheap places that do them. Maybe they have their own kind of devices. Yeah, yeah. You know. Then again, if you do it every single day, it's probably, you know, pretty easy. Yeah. You, you get used yeah, no. to it, like anything I, else. I still haven't. I still haven't put the skin on the back of my iPhone yet because I know it's like an hour's work, and I just haven't got around to it. Yeah. So at the moment, I'm still rocking my. Um, on my unprotected iPhone 11, I've got to say, the iPhone 11 is a great phone. You really like it? It really is. A, oh, really is a great phone. The only thing I don't like about it is that the Face ID, um, they, they, I remember them saying when the phone was launched that they'd improve this. It's still not good enough. The camera really needs to be looking directly at your face to uh, unlock the phone. So if the phone's on the table and you just want to tap it, see a notification or something, you end up having to pick the phone up because it will not see your face off an angle. Um, and that's the only kind of downside of it to it. But, the, you know, the phone runs great. It feels great in the hand, even though it's slightly bigger than the older phones. Um, the screen is, is really clear, even though it's not OLED. And the battery life is just phenomenal. Hmm. I think in the in – I've had it for, what, for two weeks now. I think in those two weeks, I'm using it the same way I use my other phone. I've only seen the battery warning to say, you know, switch into low power mode. I've only seen that once. I never get that on you mine, know. but – and I use my phone on a daily basis, but when I sit at my desk, um, if I remember, which is about half the time, to be honest, I will stick my phone on my wireless charger. Now, yeah. it's more See, of a trickle charge. It doesn't charge fast. Yeah. But that's okay. Yeah. It, I'm just sitting at my desk anyways. See, um, unless I get to low power mode, I probably never charge my phone during the day. Yeah. So, and as I was saying, I'm not getting there at the moment. I'm sure over time I will as the battery starts to age a little bit. But... Um, 
yeah, it, it's it's put it this way. It despite the fact it's a it's a slightly smaller phone, the battery life is way superior. It must be at least two three hours more superior to my eight plus. Uh, I'm sending so. you a link on our chat here. Hold on, there we go. So this is a product on Amazon. So on Thanksgiving, uh, we had to drive from here in uh, Battle Creek over to Kalamazoo, as we want to do every Christmas and Thanksgiving. And, of course, we take the Sequoia. And the nice thing about the Sequoia is uh, the center console between the driver and the passenger extends towards the back seat. And at the very bottom of that console is a 12-volt receptacle or cigarette lighter adapter, if you will. And I bought this little device that you plug into it, and it gives you two USB ports. But it's kind of fat, and it doesn't plug in very well. And it's kind of a cheap product to begin with. And so the two kids are always fighting over cords or, you know, Cole's using an iPad that's the uh, 30-pin connector. So it's an older iPad. Yeah. And they both have a newer iPhone, although Cole's is a glorified iPod Touch, to be honest, because there's no cellular. He doesn't need a cell phone yet. And I'm not paying for him to have a cell phone because he's just playing games. Mm -hmm. But that is my old iPhone 6 Plus. And Brooke, of course, has an iPhone SE. So those are two lightning cables plus his other thing. And there's usually one other device somewhere in the mix. So I, they need power back there. They always forget to get the cables. It's And they got this big argument driving over to our in-laws' house on Thanksgiving. So the product that I just sent you, and I'm hoping that it worked for you, that link. Yep, I can see it. Um, I, I just ordered this thing. It's – I don't even know who makes it. it one that is generic brandy. Yeah, I don't. I've never heard of the company, but it has a good rating. So what the heck? And it's fifteen bucks. Um, what gets me though is it says it's you know it's included in Prime, but yet I ordered it yesterday and it says it's going to be here Wednesday. What the hell happened to next day delivery? Well, according to, from what I'm seeing here, because it's giving me um, it's giving me shipping to the United Kingdom because I'm obviously it knows that I'm in the UK. Um, it's I, I think I think it's not being fulfilled by Amazon. No, it says I it right on my screen. It says sold by Honda and fulfilled by Amazon. Oh, well, in that case, I would be calling Amazon up and saying you want a um, a Prime credit for a month because they've missed their delivery target. Well, it says right here free delivery Wednesday order within ten hours. Well, Wednesday it's it's Sunday as we record this. The hell yeah, is it is a bank holiday tomorrow in the US? Yeah, but even if it wasn't, that's still well, Tuesday. Yeah, I ordered it on yeah. a Friday. Yeah, I know, but they. But I think because the holidays they've extended the shipping things. I'd still no, actually, it's not a holiday on Monday. There's no holiday. No? no, that was Thursday. Well, I I would still call them up and say, you know what, you guys, it, this is late. Uh, they'll give you a free month of Prime. Yeah, I might do that. That's the way it works. So I uh, I order this thing and. This is what I'm going to do. It's got a long 12 uh, volt adapter, so it's not th- it's not fat, so it should fit much yeah. more easily into the receptacle back there. And it it terminates in a a, a rectangle box that gives you six USB ports. Yeah, uh, and these are all 10 amps. So the- yes, I think he has 2.4 amp per port. Yep. It, 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 it's- this typical way they sell these things, though. they take all the numbers and add, and add them up. up to make it sound, sound more powerful than it is. But two point four amps is fine. Yeah, especially if it's just yeah. maintaining the charge, if nothing yeah. else. If back you've there. got if, if you've got if you've got iPad Pros, then it can be a bit slow. But for everything else, it's fine. Yeah, and for what they're charging, it's going to be fine. So what I'm going to do is yeah. I'm going to get a piece of I'm going to plug this thing in, 
And yeah. I've already gone back there and kind of looked at it o- looked it over. And I'm going to get a uh, couple strips of double sided sticky tape. Yeah. And I'm going to literally stick this so these things stick straight up. And I'm going to leave two of the 30-pin cords and then maybe maybe three of the uh, lightning cables in the car yeah. at all time. Uh, they have these little things on the back of the drivers and the passenger chairs. So you have, like, all these little storage compartments in the back for the backseat passengers. And I'll yeah. just stick some cords in there. And I am hoping, beyond hope probably that this solves this argument that seems to pop up all the time when we're in the car for more than a half hour. Cause we always take the Sequoia if it's going to be a long trip to Traverse city or Petoskey yeah. or, you know, uh, you're always going to be able to charge your phones back there. And this is, it's $15 plus the cables. And honestly, I have all the cables here. They just yeah. always forget yeah. to take, to grab a cable. Oh yeah. No, that's, half the course yes. they expect to have the cables in the car exactly the hard part is going to be keeping those cables in the car well i'm going because to make what's it what's going to happen is when they yeah when they get out of the car they're going to they're going to be lazy and pull the cable instead of pulling it from the device they're going to be pull it out of the usb uh, and then wander around with the cable well my here's what i'm thinking about doing about that is and this ties into what i said it's got those the little storage compartments behind the drivers and the passenger seats uh i'm going to plug in on for both of them a just one uh lightning cable and i'm going to loop it around one of the storage compartments so it's not going to be easily removable yeah so it's going to be right there they'll i'll just tuck it into a pocket when you need it you pull it out and plug your phone in because i'm going to use long cables Mm -hmm. and i'll do the same thing with a, a 30 pin for cole's ipad so you would have to work to take the cable with you and as yeah, you know, is, they're not going to work yeah. for it. They're just going to unplug their no. phone. And this is a neat solution because the advantage of this is it's just giving power. Yep. Because I, I find and the Infinity was like this and the car I've just got now is the same. You plug an iPhone into the USB sockets in the front uh, and immediately the stereo thinks, oh, here's an iPod here. Yep. And it switches over to it and it wants to start playing music <laughs> off it, which is not what you want. You no. just want it to charge. Yes. <laughs> So I'm hoping this would be an yeah. elegant enough solution that, you know, it cures the coal I need to plug in because my phone's almost dead. And really, why don't manufacturers just build this in anyway? Why do they not have at least two USB ports in the back? Well, and more and more new cars USB are. Ports on the front. It, you got to remember, though, that you these know. cars were, uh, for the most part, they're three to five years behind when you actually see them into the design phase. Yeah. And... You know, more and more cars now are coming out this way. Even the cheapy cars are starting to get USB ports in the back, and it just needs to happen. Yeah. So that I just wanted to bring that up, you know, as kind of a, a techie thing. Um, but I do want to stay here on Amazon because that's where I bought this from. And uh-huh. I was kind of curious. Amazon bestsellers, and I went into electronics. And this is, um, I can send you a link if you want it. Okay. Uh, here's the link. And here's my issue with this. I think this is a BS list. And I think I think that Amazon is manipulating the results. Um, because number one is a Fire Stick. Number two is a Fire Stick. Number three is the Echo Dot. And then an Amazon Smart Plug. And number five is an Echo Show 5. I'm sorry. Yep. I don't know one person who's ever bought an Echo Show. 
I think so many people are creeped out by the privacy aspects of that that they're mm-hmm. they're not buying those. Number three, Echo Dot. Echo Dot number six, seven, eight. Uh, Fire Tablet number nine, the seven inch. So it's Amazon products until you get to number eleven, which when you get to the Ring video doorbell. No, but yeah, but but Ring is owned by, by Amazon. Amazon, exactly. <laughs> so to get to a so non Amazon product, number twenty three. Number twenty three. <laughs> An Insignia TV. What? What? Hey, but it has. It's the Fire TV edition. Oh, amazing that. Yeah, that's also an Amazon one. Yeah. Um, 24 is a, is a non-Amazon, non-Amazon compatible product. Yes. It's a, it's a USB portable monitor for a laptop, which, by the way, if you like having two screens and you regularly travel with a laptop yeah, and you don't mind carrying the bulk or something extra, I have one of these. These are awesome. Are they? Yeah. Yeah, it's just it just plugs over a USB-C port. Um, or you can get all the ones that use USB-A as well. And basically, it just gives you a sidecar monitor, hmm. runs you over display link, and it gives you two screens. The, the, normally, the, the quality of the monitor is nowhere near as good as what you have in your laptop. Sure. But if you just want to have something, you know, most of us, when we run with a sidecar monitor, we want to, have to stick, like, you know, email on there or just something you want to keep an eye on yeah. while you're doing your main stuff. It's, these are brilliant for that. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's like carrying a second laptop with you, but it does give you the extra screen. If you're in a, a position where you want that, so, so that's an aside. But I, I, but yes, no. I, so and, and looking at this, twenty five is another Amazon product. Yep. Let's let's keep going. Uh, uh, and yeah, Amazon, and Amazon, Amazon, and then yeah. number twenty nine. Finally, a Fujifilm Instamax Mini Nine Instant Camera. Now these are the ones that give you the little photo. I think. Yeah. Um, great for kids. Yeah, great for kids. But I I don't know anybody who has one. I've never seen one in in person between anybody and then a Nintendo yeah. switch. And that is, if you look at it, it's 25 offers, which is strange because it's actually the original one. It's not the upgraded one with the new battery. Yeah. Uh, and then you get a Roku and then the film is number 32 for the camera. That's at number 29. Yeah. Which kind of makes sense. It does. People, but you would, you would think you that imagine if they buy the camera, they buy, buy an extra old film with it. And then echo dot, then- echo dot, and then a Roku, Kindle. Kindles, yeah. you know. So it's it's almost exclusively Amazon products. Yeah, all the way down to fifty. We've got a there's an Xbox in there. There's another Switch, a different Switch from the early one, or is it is that the same one? Um, no, number forty. No, you're no, right. it's the there's same one. It's one at number thirty. So that the one at number thirty, I think, is one from independent sellers, yes. and then the one at number forty is actually is actually Amazon's one. Yep. Uh, and then it's more Amazon. Pro- and then there's an Xbox One, and there's more Amazon products all the way to the end, at number fifty. So. And then you go so to the, the next page, and you're seeing a little bit more non Amazon products. Yeah. But that's pretty. I mean, it, it's kind well, of ridiculous. Look, I I suspect there is an effect here in that. Um, Everybody who's in, who, who's kind of got any remote interest in in the tech industry and Amazon's products knows that Black Friday is one of the times when they knock a fair amount of money off their own stuff. They do. So if you're in you know if you're in the market for anything Echo related or the Fire Sticks or um, any of these things, um, less so for the Kindles because I don't think they knock as much off. But basically for the anything in the Echo system. Um, they knock a lot of money off. I mean, substantial amounts of yeah, money. Yeah, half, half, 75% yeah. I've seen on exactly, yeah. Echo Dots. So That's crazy. I would expect to see an uptick in sales 
Um, and, and for a lot of those products to make the best sellers list. But the problem is Amazon does not publish sales figures, mm-hmm. so they could be skewing these. And I've definitely noticed that, um, you know, Amazon does a lot of the tricks we've heard of in the past that are a little bit scammy, where, you know, if certainly if you look for something, then you'll start getting promotional stuff and ads around the Amazon site for something you've looked for. Yep. Um, I, they also do the thing where if you put something in your gift in your basket and then don't buy it, you'll often get uh, 5% off in the next couple of days after that. <clears throat> they are there, there are definitely algorithms at play here. And the problem is, yeah, you look at a list like this and out of 50 products, there's like three or four that aren't Amazon products. And you say it's very easy to say, yeah, that's made up. That's basically that's a an ad page for Amazon stuff. It's not actually a real bestsellers list because it's hard to believe that you know some of the other things that are discounted at amazon on black friday don't make it to the top 50 it's uh i i think i think it's completely manipulated i think they they're lying their ass off to to promote their own products over everything else because let's be honest it's not so much about the products it's about the services that you're going to subscribe to like amazon prime to watch video like Amazon, because they just came out with Amazon Music for free now. Um, that's ad supported, I hear. Yeah. But you can still pay for it and get Amazon Music Unlimited, which is commercial free. Now I haven't tried it yet, um, but I'm sure it works great. Uh, we we use we use Amazon Music Unlimited. We have used it for a while. I subscribe, but then I unsubscribe because I just wasn't listening very often. Yeah. Well, uh, Alexander uses it a lot. Um, I, I use it a fair amount every now and again. Uh, what, normally when I'm sat down doing a, a document or something like that, I'll, I'll stick Amazon um, Music on. I'm kind of um, curious because, I, you know, I, I unsubscribe, but I just launched Amazon Music on my phone. Um, and then now it's called Amazon Music Prime. And unlimited access to 50 million songs. I'm going to say no thanks. It's 10 bucks a month. Um, 50 great songs from the 80s. 50 great songs. It really wants me to listen to 80s music, I tell you. Yeah. Well, it knows you. Yeah. Blue Christmas, you, Elvis Presley. Yeah. Yeah. But, but he, see, here's the thing, right? Um, the, the, the real time between the devices and Amazon Music, and less, less so from Amazon Video, unless you're on the Fire devices, is that um, you can pay for a family deal, and then it will work on every device, every Amazon device you have, and on your phone as well. Um there we go. Well, that's the one. Yeah, I just so I just launched it and it's playing Last Christmas from Wham. So I'm going to skip ahead and see when it gives me a uh, a commercial. Oh, Christmas and Hollis. This is one of my favorite songs. Run DMC. Okay. Well, no, I actually chose the '80s Christmas music All playlist. Right, okay. So these are pre-built playlists. So so far, I'm up to like song six. And uh, I didn't realize. It. Oh, new kids on the block. Give me. A, that's not eighties. That's just terrible. Yeah, they're not giving me any ads at all. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's about how long you listen to before you get an ad, rather than the number of songs you go through. Uh, I don't know, but you know, if it's free and I can listen to this many playlists, I might actually use it more. Yeah, because I just didn't yeah. want to play. Um. 
I didn't want to, I didn't want to pay for something that I barely look. I'll be honest with you. I'm still, Amazon gets my money. Don't get me wrong because I'm a, um, well, you, a subscriber. You get Prime, well, you get Prime anyway. Well, I get so, Prime anyway. So don't you get the music for free? No, it, not the unlimited stuff that you can create your own playlists and it's, no, that you still have to pay for that. Oh, right. It's okay. a, it's I, a smaller selection if you don't listen, if you're not, uh, paying for it. Oh, right. Well, I don't know what this is. But I'm an Audible subscriber as well, so they're getting my money there anyways. And it's they are kind of, at this point, a little bit more tied together, but Audible still has its own presence online. Um, you, you can almost kind of pretend that it's not an Amazon company. And don't get me wrong, I don't have anything against Amazon other than the scammy stuff that they do and unfair, um, pirated type of Stuff that they well, sell. Well, something else they've, they've been called for, called out for here in the UK. There was a story about this a couple of weeks ago. Is um, sometimes you'll look on Amazon and it will say Amazon recommendation. Yeah. Uh, and they will recommend all sorts. Of, we talked about this. Yes. All sorts of junk and and basically it's just random. It's not. It's, there's no curation there at all. And I would uh, really like yeah. it if they. I think there's. A, a, is there a place? Let me ask this. Is there a place online for curated stuff that you're looking for? I'm talking about going back to the blog days where, um, yeah. you know, hey, I'm looking for electronics, and this site always covers electronics. They seem pretty honest. And well, the close, closest thing to that is the wire cutter. Yeah. Um, though the wire cutter is nowhere near as good as it used to be because – it's, it's now owned by the New York Times. They they cover a lot of non-tech things now. They cover credit cards. Yeah, and, you know, and and frankly, they've this uh, Thanksgiving they've been a bit annoying to me because the number of articles they've published that really are kind of rubbish. You know, it's like the the best things to snuggle up with and uh, stuff like. See, it's just like it, it's, they're basically taking bait, their content and repurposing it. Yeah, it's that. Uh, yeah. What do you call it? Bait. Or link baiting, bait linking. I well, it's, it, no, it's, it's all it's all stuff they've recommended. But basically, what they do is they take all of their articles and then they stick them in a blender, and then they you know pull things out at random and then find a way to join them together and republish an article. They they're basically what they're doing is they're getting the maximum value out of the reviews they do. Well, but that's which is they, a lot of places do that though. And yeah, but it's it's just the it's just the volume of stuff they're churning out. Yeah. It's a lot of time. It's just like you know I. I never. I always used to read every Wirecutter article back in the day before they became New York Times. And now, I would say probably seventy percent of the time, I, I see a Wirecutter article, I read the title, and I just click red yeah. in my RSS feeder because it just doesn't interest me. Yeah, you know, and and that's kind of annoying. But I guess they got to make money. Well, you know, there are some amazing products out there. My problem is finding them, and yeah. you know, that's where you know, I would love it if. People that listen to this, if, if there's a really cool technology product that you're using that you haven't heard us talk about, dude, let us know. We really want to find cool new stuff to talk about oh, and to yeah. play and, with. And and you've you've heard us. We have no com- well, me particularly, I have no compunction going out and dropping our own money to try it yeah. because because we we're, we're just gadget freaks and we just love to do it. You know, absolutely. Um, I have to say, they're no longer a sponsor. This Thanksgiving, the, the, the stuff OWC have been doing. They, if you want cheap Macs and stuff, they are the bomb. Yeah, I was yeah, I, I was are. depressed more this year about them not being a sponsor because they had some really cool deals going on. But yeah, you want to add advertise on yeah, the show? You, you got to pay. You got to pay. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but, but they, um, yeah, it's. Uh, I don't know. Let, let's get to our wiki trolling. 
Um, this is one from you, David. It's Otis Elevator Company. Yeah, you know what? I added this a couple of weeks ago because it suddenly struck me when I was in. Was that your stomach? No, that's my dog. Oh, okay. He's, he, it's his stomach. He's yeah, basically, he, even despite the fact it's only quarter to three in the afternoon here and he gets fed at five o'clock. Yeah, he wants to be he's fed. Ch- because I'm sat here in the kitchen, he's chancing his paw. It's quarter two, not quarter after. <laughs> yeah, quarter to, quarter to three, yeah. He's thinking, oh, well, maybe if I, uh, no, on your bed. Go on, off you go. He's wagging his tail at me thinking, oh, maybe if I chance it, he'll feed yeah, me now. there you go. So, uh, yes. Um, yeah, I put this on Otis Elevator Company because it occurred to me, if you think about what an elevator does yes. and how many elevator journeys occur around the world every day, they truly are an amazing piece of technology in that they don't very often kill people. No, they don't. And here's the <laughs> thing. When you think of elevator, most people are thinking just the, you know, getting in a big box and pushing a button and goes up. No, we're also talking about escalators. Those are elevators as well. It's taking you exactly. Up. Um, yeah. and it's also when you're at an airport, you've seen those walking way, those moving walkways. Yeah. Those are, that's what they do as well. Um, but these are big mechanical machines yeah. that work very high use cycles. And in the main, they're pretty reliable. And it, when they fail, they tend to fail in a way that, as I said, doesn't kill people. Right. I, I, I think it's, I think they're an under, estimated piece of technology and this is why i i put them on because you read the story of how these they're invented they're only invented 166 years ago yeah. by otis elisha otis um and he was the first one to think of an elevator that basically um stops itself yeah, i wouldn't kill you <laughs> you know um and yeah truly uh truly an amazing bit of technology that we kind of take for granted we don't even think about it or see it anymore you know but but there you go yeah so so Oates- they're uh, based in farmington connecticut they yeah. were founded in on september 20th 1853 think about that 1853 that is and they're still here how many companies yeah. <laughs> how many companies are still in operation and this profitable and yeah. and they're in, they're everywhere. They're, uh, Otis has installed elevators in some of the world's most famous structures, including the Eiffel Tower, the Empire State Building, uh, the original World Trade Center, the Twilight Zone Towers of Terror. I don't know what that is. Uh, Patronus. That's the uh, that's the thing at, at Disney at Disneyland. Oh Disney yes, World. yes, yes. It's basically, it started as a broken elevator ride. Uh, Patronus Twin yeah. Towers, Winchester Mystery House. I mean. <sighs> The, Burj Khalifa, the tallest building in the world. There, yeah, I mean, this is, and here's the thing: that you always find the Otis Elevator moniker somewhere on their products, and that's fair. But here's the thing: they build these things, and they're seamless in these existing structures. They feel like they they're supposed to be there. Um, well, this is this is part. This is one of the things that kind of got me thinking about this: is that. Um, the way the elevator industry works, there are an awful lot of elevator companies. Otis is one of the biggest ones, but there's hundreds of different. There's there's and Krupp, there's um, Schindler, just to you know, just to name a cut two or three that I've I've seen the last few weeks. But the point is the apparently most elevator companies they have like a base product but it, it's it's customizable for the application yes and well, that kind of has to be think, i mean that's yeah buildings are not cookie well some of them are cookie cutter yeah but most buildings are somewhat unique yeah that's right and so so they're they're able to um effectively 
integrate very seamlessly into pretty much any building you know and um that in itself is uh is is kind of cool as well really um i you know i'm looking at their history and it, it it's kind of you know you don't hear about it here's the here's my uh my first time noticing otis elevator uh i was a mail carrier i don't know if i've ever talked about that on the show that uh you've mentioned it once yeah, or twice yeah um back in the very early 90s um and I was I, I thought I was going to retire from that job, to be honest with you. But mm-hmm. automation hit in the Kalamazoo area, and the people that were displaced got to displace people with less seniority. And being at the post office for three years is nothing. That's no seniority at all, and I got bumped yeah. out. Regardless, um, I was one of the very few car- carriers in Battle Creek that actually knew how to down or to uh, to deliver the downtown area. And when I say that, you think, well, why is that so difficult? Because more than half the mail would just be addressed to someone in Battle Creek, Michigan, like Dr. So-and-so, Battle Creek, Michigan. And if you didn't know what building they were in and what office they were in, it was impossible. And so I never had my own route. I always filled in for somebody. And the downtown route was two guys, and one of them retired, and then they trained me how to do it. I swear to God, I thought I was going to cry the first week. Um, yeah. It was so difficult. But once you got it and you knew where everything was, it was the easiest route in the entire place. You, you'd have to hide because you can be done in the entire downtown area in about two hours, three hours at tops. Right. And the, But if you went back early, they'd send you out to help somebody else on a route that was being lazy. So you just hang out somewhere downtown until your eight hours are done, then you go home. So I loved it down there. And one of the buildings, uh, and they're actually reconditioning this building right now. It was pretty much abandoned and falling apart. It's a tall building. It's like, I don't know, 40, 50 stories. That's nah, not quite that high. 35, 40 stories. Uh-huh. Um, it's one of the landmarks of Battle Creek. And it kind of fell into disuse and disrepair, asbestos and all that. Now they're turning it into a multi-use building. People are going to be able to move into it. It was all businesses and lawyers and stuff like that up to now. Um, but... It, they had an Otis elevator and I rode it every day. And I always thought Otis must be a local company here in Battle Creek because what a stupid name. Otis. This is the Otis yeah. elevator company. Who the hell is Otis? Must've been some guy that lived here in, in the area in the forties or the thirties or something. And he's the one who built this elevator for him. I didn't realize that it was such a big company until I was in Chicago uh, many years later and got on an elevator and I saw it said Otis elevator company. And I was like, uh-huh. Oh, wait a minute. This must be kind of a big company. And the first time I actually cared enough to even look it up, I was at Mac specialist and I looked up Otis elevator company and I found out, Oh, they're worldwide. They're, they're actually the biggest elevator company in the world. And, uh, but that was my, I, I just thought it was a dumb name. It's, it, it's Otis. Lex Luthor's partner, that Otis. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, that's going to be the picture for the uh, episode. Of course, it is Otis. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But yeah, that was my. Do you remember the first time that Otis came to your attention at all? Uh, I seem to remember that they had. Um, yeah, I do. When the uh, the library in South End on Sea, where I grew up, had uh, was about, it was like one of those concrete brutalist structures they built in the 60s and 70s so it was a very distinctive building um and they had an otis elevator for a for a time 
Uh, Otis elevators in Britain, there was like a common model. They had like these plastic oval buttons mm-hmm. that were very recognisable. Uh, and we, when we, whenever we went to the library, um, me and my two brothers, it was always a, a fun treat for us to go and ride in the elevator. So uh, I, that's that's where I first saw the name Otis. Hmm. Yeah. Um, next week, David, I'd, I'd like to do something a little different. I know you're Jewish, um, but I would like to to solicit some feedback from people here. What is your favorite holiday movie? I don't want to say Christmas movie. Let's say holiday because it doesn't have to be about Christmas itself. But here in the United States, at least we have what's called the Hallmark channel. Mm-hmm. And right after things or right after October ends. So Halloween, they start up the Christmas movie thing and they produce like 50 original movies every year. And they're all the same movie. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. There's a woman that she moved back from her her hometown. She moved back to her hometown. She was very successful, and she meets a guy, and he's usually wearing plaid, and yeah. he has a dog, and they don't get along at first, and then something yeah. happens, and they fall in love, but then there's a misunderstanding, and... Uh, they nearly split up, yeah. and then, just, then there's a chase at the end before one of them leaves... Yeah, there's like an, there, and there's always a dog involved, and yeah, you know, and there's really fake looking snow because I live in Michigan. I know what real snow looks like, and they're fake snow, which is usually just potato shavings. It looks really bad. Yeah. Um, but I'm kind of curious. What do you when you guys think of the holidays and the movies that generally come out this time of the year? What do you guys think? Which ones are you like, okay, it's a holiday season. I'm going to watch such and such movie. I'm kind of curious on, on what people out there, you know, what is your holiday traditions? You know, whether it's, uh, I know what mine is, but I, I, and it's some, there's a debate whether it's an actual holiday movie or not. And I'll get into that next week, but which movies do you guys like during the holidays? I would like to know. Maybe I'm missing something, David. Maybe you're missing something. Some kind of good, heartfelt type of movie that we're like, oh, that was really good. Yeah. Bride of Chucky's mine. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> I watched one called Claws that really, it, it, it was on Netflix, and I don't know why I watched it because it didn't look very appealing to me, but I actually enjoyed it. It was pretty good. It was a horror movie. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think I'm aware of it. No, it's not a horror movie. It's an animated one. <laughs> I'm pretty sure there's a horror JK, movie. J.K. Uh, Simmons, I think his name is, does the voice of, oh, yeah. of Santa Claus. Oh, right. Um, but he's basically this great big burly guy that lives in the middle of nowhere, uh, and he makes toys. But the way they kind of de- show him at first, he's kind of a badass. I was like, ooh, I kind of want a badass Santa. That'd be cool. Um, and I, I'm not... A religious person, so I, I don't care about the religious aspects of the holidays as much as I do the the coming together of family and the feel good parts, and yeah, you know that's what for me, anyways. That's what the holidays are about. That's why I like Thanksgiving when the family gets together. Although I'll be honest, this Thanksgiving we went, as I said, to my uh, relative's house and we ate soon after getting there, and then I promptly fell asleep for like two hours. It's probably the best way to get through it, to be honest. Um, and it's, there's nothing to get through. It's just, I don't know, I was tired, and boom, I fell asleep. Yeah, but, you know, otherwise you've got to make small talk with, with people. And the discussions no. that generally happen between the people I kind of sit around is the same discussions. It's every holiday. and Yeah, 
that's that's the thing. It's, it's just like, eh, I don't feel like we're talking about that again. But it, it no. does. That's the time of the year, though, for me at least, that the passage of time really starts to sink in. You see some of the kids, and you realize this niece is now twenty-one years old. Yeah, and you're like, holy crap! When did when did that happen? Or I see Cole standing next to someone, and he's taller than half of his relatives now. Yeah, we we're getting that with Alexander now. Mm-hmm. He's uh, he's a he's he's getting pretty tall and uh, towering over me anyway. Well, I don't um, remember. Is he taller than Brooke? I think he was. Yeah, I think because yeah. because Cole is now past Brooke, or he's right mm-hmm. there, anyways. And he's yeah. twelve. He's got well. He's going to be twelve in a couple days. Yeah. Wednesday is is Cole's twelfth birthday. Mm-hmm. Um, although I have to work that day and I have to work late, so today we're actually doing the birthday stuff. He's going to okay. open his present. I'm making a big Thanksgiving dinner, even though it's not Thanksgiving anymore. I'm making turkey and stuffing and. You know, casseroles and stuff like that. Well, Julie's what? making two of the casseroles. No. What's he getting for his birthday? I don't know if he's down here. I can't see. Oh, he can't say. Um, hold on. Let me get up and see if he's standing on the couch. Cole, are you down here? No. He's not down here. So I'll whisper it. Hold up. A crown puck. Oh, right. Yeah, cool. he's getting that. Yeah. Uh, because their school is has gone that direction, and I've discussed that in the past as well. And yeah. I think it's a really good solution, to be quite honest with you. Um, and he gets one from school, I believe, next year. Right. Um, but he's been kind of jealous because Brooks had one, and she got one for Christmas last year. So, And honestly, they're not expensive. No. Well, you can... You can, like anything, you can spend a lot of money on one. They 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 have like a mid tier of, biz, of business Chromebooks that yeah. are like five six hundred dollars, which are very nice. They kind of like a MacBook Air style sure. solution in with a Chromebook. But the thing is, most people don't need to spend that sort. Of no, I spent uh, half of that, not even half yeah, of exactly. that, about two hundred yeah. bucks. Yeah, um, I don't remember um, who makes it now. Might have might be Acer or HP, yeah. one of the two. Yeah. So, but the advantage of obviously is that if he gets one at school, he can use it at school. He can leave it in his locker at school, and then when he comes home, all his work is still there. Exactly. Yeah, well, so, I'm going to make him a, his own Gmail account, and yeah. so he can have different accounts. And that's the nice thing about a Chromebook: you can sign in on different accounts, and it's a whole different environment. Yeah. And I, you know, I you got to give it up to Google and what they've done with the Chromebook platform. Um, yeah, it's, it's funny. Good. It's not as big outside the US as it is in the US. They they haven't they haven't penetrated schools here in the UK like they have in the US. Um, not as many schools use them here. Um, Why do you think that is? I I I don't know. I I I think I think part of it is that um, I think a lot of schools they they have in in the UK because. We had a we had a, like a computer program very early on here in the schools because we had the BBC Micro, which was an official school computer, and so our computer science and computer studies programs in the UK education system have very often been structured around the ability to program and compile your own programs and and that sort of thing. And 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 in the past few years, there's been an awful lot of focus on Microsoft Office for some reason, um, and consequently, the Chromebook is not a great fit for either of those things. You know, you. You have to be in the Google ecosystem, and you have to be really committed to do everything in the cloud. And so, I, I don't think they fit as well with the uh, with the UK education framework for computing. Um, and and also as well, we don't 
typically here in the UK, have, uh, we don't tend to buy computers for the kids. So there's no real incentive to buy them all each their own Chromebook. Yeah. So, um, you know, we, we tend to have desktop computers in the schools that people use. Um, and, you know, Chrome, the, the Chromebook, the Chrome operating system has never really been successful as a desktop OS. It's always been on, on the laptops. So um, I, I suspect it's a combination of those reasons that means they're not successful here. But they're still, you know, they're still great machines, but they're just not as, they're not as popular, they're not as well, not as marketed as much. Um, and when you go to the computer stores here, there's normally three or four of them. There's not the quite large range of them that you tend to have in a, in a US store. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. We, uh, I don't, I don't think I see very many people actually using Chromebooks in, you know, in public really. So I don't, oops, I thought I messed up my recording there for a second. So I don't know if they're as popular with adults so much as as kids. Certainly in in my experience, I've never seen one, uh, or very, well, let's say never is too too much, but I very rarely see them used as a business computer. And even at the business shows I go to, the trade shows and everything, you would think you might see a few more there? No. Well, you know, we have a customer lounge for our service department at at work, and the vast majority of people are on their cell phones. And I know that there's a trope about, oh, teens have got their noses stuck to their phones. It's everybody. I don't yeah. don't believe that crap you read online. All oh, millennials are just always on their cell phones, and that's no, all they. It's, do. it's, it's everybody. everybody. I I, yeah. I see eighty year olds and eighteen year olds and eight year olds on yeah. tablets or or their phones in the customer lounge all day long. So I don't. That's BS. It's everybody, including me and including you, David. We I yeah. I love my cell phone. If I've got ten minutes, I'm just standing there. I don't know how I survived before. it's it's a sad statement but very true it is is true yeah it's it's turned us all very uh attention deficit that's for sure yeah um but regardless when i do see some people in the customer lounge with laptops i would say it's about 70 percent max i see more macbook airs than any other computer by far um although maybe two now it wasn't even two weeks ago I saw someone with a power book of Blackbird, uh, like a really wow. old one, a mid-90s. Yeah. And he was doing word processing. I think he's an author. I think he was writing something. That's what it looked yeah, like. Yeah, you know what? The problem with those machines, you know, I've I've looked at many times using an old Mac for for that sort of no, stuff. No, I'm sorry. It was a Wall Street, a Wall Street power a book. A Wall Street, yep. yeah. But the problem with all of those old machines now is getting batteries that work. Well, he them. had this plugged in. He was sitting at a, yeah. in an area where he can plug it in. And okay, even if the battery was fully charged and ready to go, it probably only lasts about an hour, to be honest. Yeah, they, they did back then. I, I have yeah. a lumbar power book, which is the generation right before the Wall Street. I don't remember what the difference is. No, no I think the, the Wall Street was first, then the lumbar came off. The lumbar was substantially thick. It was about half the width, half the thickness. No, nah, I don't think so. I think The Wall Street, no, they, I'm... I'm Definitely, I look. I looked into all of these machines in in a lot of detail, and I've had pretty much every one of them. I can guarantee the Wall Street was the one that came first. It was the big, heavy one compared to what came afterwards. The Lombard and the Pismos were half the width. Pismos is what I'm thinking of. But this was a uh, this was a Wall Street one. I know that Wall Street, yeah. Um, Because I had a Lombard, and they look very similar. They did, yeah. Those are good looking laptops. That's what jumped out to me when I saw it sitting there, and I was and I've got one somewhere in a 
a tub in the basement. Oh, yeah. uh, fantastic! And I can like hear tanks. it. Oh yeah, they were yeah. Uh, they were great laptops. The only they were the, issue uh, they, they had were... is the upside down Apple logo. That's right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. But they were the ones that um, Carrie Bradshaw used on uh, Sex and the City, and that that really popularized the brand. I'll take your word for it. I never watched the show. <laughs> um, no, I it it just struck me that this guy is using such an old laptop. And when you see that, it that kind of sticks, especially with a, from a guy who owns MyMac.com. I mean, yeah, wow! Look at that. Did you did you go over to speak to? Him? I did not. I was really no. busy, and he was uh, really right. kind of intense, looking at whatever he was okay. doing. So, the, the, look, the the thing is, is for work stuff. Yeah, the work stuff we need. Even doing photos and things like that, you could take probably any computer for the last 15, 20 years, run its convent, con- its contemporary operating system on it, run the contemporary version of Office or um, Claris Works yep. or Photoshop, whatever, and do most of what you want to do. It'll just be a little bit slower. The well, with those- the Internet access, yeah. Yeah, they, I was going to say, the problem with those old machines is you can't use them on the Internet. Good morning, Cole. <laughs> Guess who just came down? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah, you can't you can't browse the internet with them because the internet is now so full of scripting junk yep. that they just can't can't cope with it. Yep. Um, so yeah, provided you uh, and that doesn't mean that's not necessarily a problem because let's face it, we all have a very good browser in our pockets nowadays. Yes. So um, you can actually get by and and you know as as I've talked about many times on this show, I'm a big fan of using older computers than necessarily going out and buying the latest and greatest. Well, I can tell you, if you're a writer, I mean, getting the, the, the stuff off your computer to a modern computer can be an issue, especially if you're using something that Claire's works. But if you're using an old version of, of Word and you don't have internet access, you should at least have, you know, a, a, a way to communicate you know whether yeah, but most most of those, uh, as long as you've got a machine that's in the USB era, yes, then you got you're, kind of, you're fine. Yeah, yep. you're, you're absolutely fine. If you go beyond that, you know, if you go back to the old um, the Mac the Plus pre- or iBook something, PowerBook or the pre iMac PowerBook, yeah, that's an issue. Like that, then you you start start um, yeah. Like for instance, a, a big one that's very popular with some writers is the PowerBook fourteen hundred. Yeah, because that that had a fantastic keyboard on it. But the problem is, you, it's very difficult to connect it to anything else. And those definitely, the batteries for those just don't exist anymore. So you've got no chance of using it. No, nope. uh, without without plugging it in. So um, with that, David, we're going to wrap up this show with Cole down here. He's going to want to have some breakfast. And um, again, we want your feedback. Give us some ideas on some of your favorite holiday movies. We're going to discuss that on the next show. Um, in the meantime, send us feedback. The show at techfanpodcast.com. The show at techfanpodcast.com. Uh, or you can leave a comment at either mymac.com or techfanpodcast.com. Hit us up on Twitter. And, of course, we are on the Facebook. David, I will see you next week. See you then. Bye. <laughs>